deserve what they get and saxophones are inherently superior to all other instruments i don't know that i've ever said on the podcast that i was in choir for a long time well that was for the best dude they didn't need to know that i mean i can't sing well like that's that's not where this if they want further context Paige was also in theater (laughs) we all knew that she's been very open about her theater oh did she has she talked about it a lot in the podcast okay Uh, Well, I don't remember that, so this is me. Oh, we did mention it also on the D&D one, I think. True, 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 true. Yeah. Theater. Maybe not. I don't know. I was in choir for two years. I was in choir fifth grade and sixth grade. And for sixth grade, it was a zero period thing, so I had to get up at 5 a.m. Yeah, same boat. Which is, like, some bullshit to do when you're, like, 12. Yeah, and then I had to do that also for middle school because I was in band, but they would put us in P.E. for zero period, so you just had to live in your stink. Like, it was so fucking foul. And you couldn't even take a shower because it was, like, middle school, right? Yeah. take showers. Oh, we never had showers, dude. Yeah. Well, I... Well, my... Your fancy uh, high fancy school. Fancy high school. Well, our showers were not fucking fancy. Let me tell you. But you had like showers. You had showers. We had to. We had a pool, so right. like you couldn't. They were like, you can't walk around. Like you have to be able to. Uh, Chlorine. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, we had a super hardcore uh, PE program at my high school. Um. But no, I was I was in choir for two years, and it was actually to this day the only award I've ever won, which I think I mentioned in last week's episode, was that mm. um. Uh, was the uh, most improved for fifth grade choir. Yeah. <laughs> I got one solo that year. Or ever, because I never had a solo again. Uh-huh. I got one solo and I fucked it up. I sang the chorus instead because it was like almost identical except uh-huh. there was like one line difference and I fucked it up and I will never forget I had to like slink back to my to my music stand after I like fucked it up and like it was over. Shameful. Um, and then so I had a friend who was like really really hardcore like performer one of those kids uh-huh. and I, I was standing next to her in the in the line and she i'll never forget like glancing over at her and seeing her like look at me with like death in her eyes oh my god dog. she was just like I, I could feel her thought just i wouldn't have fucked it up i wouldn't have fucked it up you the, fucked it up fucking youth is too much it was dude. too much and i was just i was i was laughing because i was like yeah of course i fucked it up why did i get you were a child. Yeah. I started on fucking clarinet uh, because I thought oh, it would did be. Did I hurt you earlier? No, 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 no. I, I started in fifth grade. Like the first time I ever played an instrument was in fifth grade. And then I switched to saxophone because it was so clearly superior superior and me like yeah. i was just obviously a saxophone because it, i'm sexy it sounds like sex yeah so that's exciting so i played it until end of high school and then i was like i'm gonna keep playing it so i have two saxophones in my fucking bedroom i don't know the last time i fucking touched those things you've never played it for me which i find very hurtful um now i creep into your room and i give you a little gentle serenade so i can brainwash you <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what sound of saxophone makes. <laughs> yeah, you got it. That's it. It's just tooting. Yeah. 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 I know you play for Babs, so. Yeah. I put Babs in the saxophone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that explains a lot about why she's so wet all the time. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. Well, yeah, there we are. Uh, speaking of wetness, I'm welcome to the Canada Bears podcast, and I said, Kelly, I'm with me. Woo! Woo! 
Yeah, so my life has been an absolute disaster for the past, like, six weeks. Yeah, vibe. All of my uh, stuff that I've had going on, so um, planning episodes has been uh, non-existent. Um, so I was like, hey, what should, I, what should I do this week? It's, hey, it's Monday. I don't have an episode on Monday. <laughs> what am I going to do? And then I was thinking about um, a couple of things. I've been thinking about, that was, that is the loudest car that just went that by was really home. loud yeah wow um which i the mic oh he's is, still going the mic is definitely not going to pick that up which is hilarious people are gonna be like what the fuck are they talking about it was just very loud. Really loud um we're sitting in a closet a hermetically sealed closet we still <laughs> heard it um anyway so i was thinking about lately our episode that we did last which was uh claws and cubicles by kate Pryor. right um we had a we had a dandy old time it was really it was fantastic. really good it was it was very fun very funky and very fresh um and I was I, I like listening to that episode because sometimes when I miss you I listen to it and I feel like oh we had a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> we got a lot of miss. I, I have been gone a lot. I have been gone a lot. I'm sorry. Your fucking jet setter lifestyle. Or whatever. <laughs> My fucking velvet wind <laughs> yeah. uh, era returned. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about it and I was like, hey, this was fun. But we had a conversation. Uh, in that episode, not about the bushel of dicks. Mm. that was the best part of the episode yeah not objectively speaking of now but we talked about was how fucking funny those books are and how um, kate Pryor is just so fucking good at humor mm-hmm. she, she really nails comedy um and i'm not someone who is particularly um well first of all i'm not funny established <laughs> no absolutely I'm not, not. neither um, of us are neither of us are funny i'm witty i can be fast yeah comedy we can ah. we're both quick because we have to be yeah. but like i'm i'm quick because i wasn't cute or talented in middle exactly. school exactly <laughs> exactly yeah uh we live in the same yeah. <laughs> place of existence yeah, yeah. i was bullied <laughs> yeah um so uh we're talking about that we're talking about how how good at humor she is and how rare that is um but how popular the subgenre of rom-coms is today um and then i was also thinking about how you recently did a month of oh it hasn't ended it baby hasn't ended. yeah the rom-com month is still continuing so like i undertook this with faith and andrew uh my best friends your buds and uh I, my buds too damn we're also your buds jesus my buds <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um but uh we i don't know why i decided i needed to watch rom-coms for a month but i dragged them into it and i thought it was faith's idea it changes everything to know that it was yours it was my idea dude wow. I, I think it was my idea now i'm like not sure <laughs> yeah. uh but like, like something faith would do. <laughs> i will say we watched kate and leopold which you had recommended oh, which was like one wait. of the better ones i can't wait to hear your hear your thoughts uh we watched um 10 things i hate about you which was certainly a movie mm. um, put on film and something that you can watch Something that you sure can watch. And some people love that some thing that you can watch. really fucking love that. Uh, I think... uh, remarkable film, one might even say. Because you can, can, you can remark on it. You can certainly say some stuff. Uh, I think we watched You Got Mail. Mm-hmm. Um, what was one of the, We watched Bridget Jones's Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, like, another one. Uh, we just watched Singles, which, like, I don't know if that one really falls under a rom-com. Did you watch... Have you watched yet my other recommendation, which was... Um, I recommended you two, two besides Kate and Leopold. 
which was How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, mm-hmm. and um, Down with Love. We have them on the list. Okay. Like I said, the month is okay. still continuing. It's still now it's a little bit looser. Like, yeah. I, last week, I think we watched, like, there's a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's, like, a weird action hero Oh, is type. it a spy? Is it True Lies? True Lies. I hate that I know that fucking just offhand. Because uh, we were hoping to watch Jamie Lee Curtis be hot. And then uh, she's just like not nah. super. She's like kind of clumsy with it, and I'm just like, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is hot as hell, and it fucks me up that that's not recognized it's enough. Not, they because they didn't give her confidence. They were like, you have to be, you have to, you have to feel very unsure of yourself. Yeah, and that's like not. Things. And if it. she had her regular confidence, it wouldn't have been. It yeah, would have been extremely hot. I thought she was hot and everything everywhere all at once, like her fucking hot dog finger mode i was like yeah that works for me. <laughs> yeah i'm sure it did but yeah, yeah a little hot dog finger that's not news um <laughs> gross. i hope you get that in there <laughs> um, so i thought today we could talk about because it, we we're coming from two different places here you are a filmmaker i am a romance writer slash book person in, in the general sense mm-hmm. um i don't write rom-coms just get that out i can't because hey spoiler as i've said before on the podcast but if you're new here comedy is fucking incredibly difficult to put in prose so hard not even just comedy is so hard comedy is so hard in general it is particularly difficult i would say within the structure of a book oh absolutely a script there's some leeway because the actor physicality helps yeah Yeah. doing the bare bones dialogue you can kind of manufacture it a little bit and know that the gaps will be filled in fucking books no, there are no gaps. <laughs> there are no gaps. You have to fill them in, and everything has to work, and everything has to be funny, and not not necessarily mm-hmm. cringy. Or if it is cringy, it has to fucking work. Yeah. Um, that's not my vibe. I can occasionally put in stuff that is passably funny in a moment, but that's not my thing. I don't want it to be my thing. I'm not here to write rom coms. I'm here to write about you know whatever it is that I fucking write about these days. <laughs> Monsters boning. Yeah, that, yeah. Or not like non-humans boning. Yeah. There's some. There. There has been. Uh, uh, conflicts about whether I write monsters or not. Some people are extremely. I was gonna say, actually, I feel conflicted as to whether or not you technically write monsters. Uh, How do you feel about that? I was made to feel quite self conscious <laughs> because somebody was like, "Oh, you you don't." you don't write monsters well here's the argument that yeah. we had a while back actually mm-hmm. um where you don't let them fuck like the dragon form which is well i mean only because it would destroy them i don't care pulpitize them yeah i love it i mean fair yeah fair enough i want you once yeah. again to take the next step yeah. and just yeah. dragon dong I mean, fair enough. I, I think it's it, it, the real answer is it de- fully depends on where you're coming from yeah. and what you're into. Yeah, some people would definitely scale yours on, on Monster Boning, sure. yeah. And it also depends on, like, within the universe. Like, I think there's a lot of variation. Like, my merman, you could definitely classify that. Man, As monster fucking, for sure. is an orca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, he's an orca man with sharp teeth. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. And he eats people if he wants to. So, yeah. like... You know, it, it is the real answer is there is no answer to that, um, and it really depends. It's on where vague, you're yeah. Um, but there's a lot of like 
People get very up in arms about about those sorts of labels. Some people are hard line, man. It has to be like hard to communicate. Yeah, like there has to be like fully non-human. The like, dick has to be a little dick, different. It has to be a little crazy. Uh, yeah, and that's fair enough. Whatever. I'm not here to argue people with people about that kind of stuff. You can do whatever you want. Um, all of that to say that I do not write rom coms. Um, I don't make rom coms. Yeah, you don't make rom coms. Um. But I do think that there, from from a critical standpoint, I think there is something really interesting to be said, not only about the existence of rom-coms and history of rom-coms, but also about why bad rom-coms are made. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, <laughs> you know? 100%, especially because, like, I don't know where rom-coms start on your side i don't know where rom-coms even start with my side like i can tell you the first ones that i have watched of like the the early films Uh but Uh like so i did so i did some research i actually took some notes so i will bring my notes up now um i did no i did notes this time oh wow i know it's been a while research yeah well (laughs) i i found i found some interesting articles and of course there's Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to find any like um you know, journalistic sources, there's a lot of, like, blog posts and substacks and stuff, which are can be great. But, like, I'm looking for, like, a journalistic source that I can confirm and, you know, don't yeah. have to do a bunch of digging to find out who wrote it and why. Um, not a whole lot on uh, the rom-com boom in romance novels in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoa, when did COVID start? Three years, three and a half years or so, one night. God, say. that's so fucked up. Um, and we're going to talk about why those things are related. I'm sure you can kind of guess, but mm-hmm. spoilers, they wicked are. Um, People got real lonely. Yeah. And, and it's not just about, I, I have a whole, it's not a new theory, but it, but there is a whole theory around this. Um, but to start here, um, what do you think a rom-com is? What's the definition? <laughs> romantic comedy right okay so, yes yeah really rom- basic comedy. yeah like i mean it has to hit the same basic beats mm-hmm. as far as like romance right there has to be like a misunderstanding to a certain extent uh-huh. but i don't think it's usually as severe as like a normal rom drum yeah so the definition is a love story told in a humorous way which mm-hmm. is obvious right except um there isn't with romance novels there's a there's a pretty hard line on it has to have an hea they have to end up together at the end all this stuff um movie i think there's more wiggle room especially now um but generally speaking it's still the same yeah definitely still like with a rom-com you still are expecting like i actually just watched one that me faith and andrew were like this is not a rom-com the one that springs to my mind uh was the one with um fucking not vin diesel god who's the he, he played one of the wedding crashers what the fuck is his name Shit, I don't vince vaughn vince vaughn yeah. yeah wow pull that the, up. the one with jennifer aniston yeah, the apartment or whatever yeah where they so the whole thing was billed as a rom-com the entire tone of the movie was a rom-com they were a couple that had broken up but they refused to leave the apartment so they had to share the apartment so they right. split the apartment completely in half and that's where shenanigans ensue mm-hmm. and the whole thing is like them like fighting each other and breaking each other and trying to get the other person to leave mm-hmm. um and then in the end 
they're still broken up. They don't get back together. It sucks. Yeah, it's it's not a rom com. Yeah. I watched this one with Jack Nicholson, and they do end up with together. It's mm-hmm. it's the same lady, I think, as the one in You've Got Mail, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure actually. Okay. Uh, I can't. I, mean, I don't know if it is Meg Ryan. Like now, as I say it, I'm not sure if it's Meg Ryan. She was in a lot of rom-coms. She was in a lot of rom-coms, but this is one with with Jack Nicholson, who is like a really weird sex symbol of the time, because like that was all very constructed, and he's just like not that. No. Um. But he's a huge asshole. He supposedly has OCD in the film, uh, which is a weird watch for me and Andrew who are both diagnosed OCD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like weird. It's like a weird movie. Yeah. Like it's also associated with like this. He's, he's got like an artist neighbor yeah. who gets fucking um, his house gets robbed and he gets beaten up and he's got this terrible little dog. And it's like about the relationship between these three. It's not a rom-com. Like the last 30, 15 minutes is when romance vaguely happens between Jack Nicholson and this lady. But like, it's very conflict heavy and it's just yeah. like, I hate these two together. This is awful. Yeah. That's fair enough. So there, there is some permeability there. There's some, there's some, uh, like people have tried to subvert and do yeah. things and like, I mean, the term romantic dramedy yeah. is a terrible thing that exists, but it is a thing. Genre shit is a nightmare. Yeah. So I tried to break down what I thought was the formula. Um, and if you've been here a while, then you know that romance novels typically follow a pretty strict set of beats depending on the subgenre. Um, generally, it's... You know, I can break it down by by percentage of the book, depending on, you know, how long it is. It's usually going to be about the same percentage, and that's, like, meat, conflict, you know, that's 25%, you know, get together 50%, break up at 70%, get back together at 100 HEA. Mm-hmm. Um, so for uh, the typical rom-com, I came up with meet cute, yep. conflict, get together. Breakup, redemption, HEA. Yeah, that yeah. tracks. Because the conflict usually comes before the romance. Mm-hmm. You have to know the conflict immediately. Whereas romance novels that kind of can lean either way, where like they can sort of start to get together a little bit first, and then oh no, comedy comes from the fact that they're both gunning for the same job. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like in a in a movie, it's a lot of like we need to throw this conflict at you immediately. Yeah. Um. I mean, generally with books and movies, that same, like, conflict line is is similar. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, especially with a rom-com, we need to be hit with it fast. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, we need to be able to set up the jokes. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's kind of it. Exactly. Right? Um, which in books, even, even ones that are ostensibly funny, I say that with all the love in my heart, <laughs> but a lot of them aren't. Mm-hmm. Um they they typically they have more cushion there because you have to kind of make the people care about the characters first like it's hard because you do want to kind of throw somebody in immediately so that they're invested in the story and you know they especially that out. romance yeah but you also need to set shit up so there, yeah. there is more wiggle room there i think but strictly speaking like we're talking about just the broader both movies and books and stuff I think that it usually goes like some sort of crazy meet cute or like reunion or something. And then it goes boom, slap you in the face with the conflict. And then it's, they 
sleep together when they shouldn't or mm-hmm. they have to share an apartment or you know something that draws them something together. silly and fun that makes them yeah exist in the same space and then there is the up until like what the last 10 generously speaking 15 years it was the man does something stupid or hurtful or both or he cheats on his partner or mm. turns out he's been married the whole time or something or uh he tried to help her but didn't explain something so oh whoops she thinks that he has betrayed her yada yada and then there's a chasing in an airport that is no longer possible and overall a lot of these like early rom-coms in general too the man is almost like a dick the whole time yeah. Yeah. in the rom-com i can't and it's usually the woman's fault for being like a priss yeah a priss or like a, a prude or something or or I, yeah i'm reminded of like two examples there's this frank capra one where it's like this regular guy mm-hmm. and and this chick who he has to like chauffeur around and she's like a rich girl and he like kind of weans her down into being like acceptable and nice and it's a similar thing with that one overboard movie do you know which yes, one i'm overboard. talking about yes i do one of my mom's favorites so i grew up watching rom-coms which is funny because I, I feel like as we speak i'm like remembering more and more and more my yeah. mom loved having movies on she had them on constantly and she 99 percent of the time it was rom-coms or it was uh the 1992 uh pride and prejudice miniseries from a e that we had on vhs tape box set mm-hmm. um, just on a loop in my house uh, which i feel like explains a lot about me as a human being um so i like i passively watched like a lot of rom-coms growing up a lot of the new ones and stuff and mm-hmm. so overward is one of my mom's favorites kate Awful. leopold is one of my mom's favorites kate um, leopold was sweet but like my fair lady that counts yeah um like all sorts of stuff like that um and yeah it usually involves like a man or like or the john hughes movies yes yes just purely abuse and sexual assault and stalking just deeply cruel to women uh that's why i actually hate breakfast club uh fair enough it's fucking weird yeah uh i know that's an unpopular opinion uh i hope i get some some did you you read her essay she wrote on that Molly Ringwald? No, I did not. She wrote this beautiful long-form essay. Um, I think it's it's titled something like... I'll, I'll try and hunt it down and put a link. You, mm-hmm. Everyone should read it. It's, it's really gorgeous. She's an incredible writer. Um, a super smart woman. Super smart. And she, she basically wrote this essay that is addressing that, this controversy mm-hmm. that has come up in recent years. People have been like, hey, what the fuck was going on with these John Hughes movies? Yeah. Specifically, what was going on with Molly Ringwald? Was yeah. she okay? Um, and she addresses that and she goes... I believe it was titled something like Explaining the Breakfast Club to My Teenage Daughter. Mm. And um, she goes on to talk about her experiences. She's like, yes, I was fine. No one was taking advantage of me. Um, But looking back, there are many things that I was very uncomfortable with that I just had to deal with because that's just what you did. But also she's like, none of this behavior is acceptable. Yeah. And we knew it at the time, but you just, you that was the industry yeah um but she also talks about the power of nostalgia yeah and how she doesn't believe that the films lack value even though they have even though the looking back on them is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um it's this really beautiful nuanced essay um that i really do think kind of strikes at the heart of like how things have so dramatically changed in 20 years yeah um especially in regards to rom-coms um, because yeah, she was she was 
in so many of them and uh, so many people look back on those with, with such fondness and looking at them now I'm it's like, just brutal they're they're really brutal films and 16 candles is fucked terrible terrible uh and, and that's the thing it's like this at the seat of these it's usually uh, um in those times and, and previous to that and like i said i can see the seeds of it in like these really early films mm-hmm. like Fam- frank capper times mm-hmm. uh, old hollywood like the man being a big old dick but it's acceptable because he's like the normal i i macho man uh bringing down this prissy rich girl type which yeah. encapsulates a lot of what these molly ringwald characters are yeah. it's these prissy rich girl types and they're getting brought down yeah uh and, and humiliated yeah 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 and so i i actually it's, it's interesting that you say that because that is something that came up a lot when i was doing this research so to start the first rom-coms that are typically cited, which is to say these are not the first by any stretch of the imagination. They have probably been around for all of human history. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we're talking about, like, a real hardcore, like, you can point to it and go, that's a fucking Mm rom-com. This is Daddy Shakes. Shakespeare. He wrote a bunch of fucking rom-coms. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, half of the shit he wrote was rom-coms. All of his good dick jokes were the rom-coms. Yeah. Yeah, and because people love rom-coms. Yeah, and it followed the same exact formula. You know, it was uh, meet cute, stupid problem, misunderstanding, fall in love, redemption, get married. Yeah. That's it. That's a rom-com, baby. And, of course, that spun off into, you know, hundreds of years worth of satire and, um, you know, romantic fiction on stage as well as in books um and uh but if we jump to specifically if we're talking about films here mm-hmm. if we jump to silent films a huge amount if not like like maybe the majority of the first like really popular silent films were in fact rom-coms yeah um they were all about you know a fucking charlie chaplin type throwing a woman over his shoulder and you know, like fumbling around, yeah. I'm managing to get this girl who's like a little prissy rich girl, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we started with thrillers and rom coms, uh-huh. yep. Which makes sense. That's what people want. What... It gets your heart racing. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. And once again, also with those nostalgia goggles with the mm-hmm. Charlie Chaplin ones, like once again, a lot of the times it was these rich women being humiliated by this poor. Uh, Atlas fucking schlub. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because this brings to mind um, the spanking corner, which we've not spoken about for a while on the podcast. But OG listeners will, will remember that I did a whole episode on well, not on spanking in particular, but I think it was one of the mafia ones. Something like that. Way back when. A long time ago. Um, I talked a lot about how... Um, <laughs> just laughing about the fact that i did so much research on spanking Um, (laughs) i forgot i did that uh but i talked a lot about how spanking in um romantic fiction on screen and off is fucking weird it's weird it's real it's places real weird and it started really early in those 
fucking silent films, a mm-hmm. lot of these men, how they would begin to bring down a woman was when she would act out, when she would disrespect them, when she would say something saucy, they would throw her over their knee and yep. they would give her a spanking. Mm-hmm. At one point, I remember one of the articles I read, I don't remember which one it was, but one of the articles I read cited one where she it literally happened in front of this woman's father. His father is looking on, arms crossed, nodding, going like, mm-hmm, she deserves that. Good fuck? job taking her in hand. She needs she needs a good spanking so she'll stop being such a little bitch all the time. Um, oh. And, you know, moving forward to today, where I encounter most of that is in these books that play very heavily on dominance. And, um, like, usually it is a way for a woman to lose her inhibitions. She's spanked against her will, but don't worry, she likes it, and also it mm-hmm. makes her wet, so it's great, and then they end up having sex afterwards. Like, you know, yeah. it's like this whole thing. It's a, it's a very... It's a very hetero, weird, gender-dominance thing that I, I don't have the skills to unpack, but it's there. I have it, it in my sure hands. Is. It sure is. It's the daddy thing, right? It's, it is the daddy thing, for sure. It's it's like this woman was once tamed by her father. Now she must be tamed by her husband, who will then fuck her afterwards. Exactly. She she The spanking passes from one male figure to another. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. It's not abuse. Because it makes her wet. Yeah, <laughs> it gets her going. And, and I, you know, and it was just something that came up when I was reading these. I was just like, okay, this this is all tangled up. All of it's all of it's one thing. Yeah. Um. But if we move past the uh, silent film spanking, which is um, a name for something, I don't know what, but it, but it's a name for something. My next band. Your next band, silent mm. film spanking. Yeah. I think we need to work. <laughs> we need to shop that. One. It's a little clunky. It's a little um, clunky. So next up, uh, so that was, okay, so we're talking about, I, um, I'm going to be making a point here at the end, so I want to just kind of lay the groundwork for that. Yeah, go for um, it. Shakespeare, right, is where we started during the Renaissance, okay? And the silent films, 1920s, 1910s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and then we have talkies, 1930s. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is during the Depression. Um, and... What was really, really, really popular at the time was which something you mentioned earlier, which was a comedy of manners, which was the, the uh, class clash. And that is usually a working class man taking down a, um, you know, a, a prissy rich woman or equally kind of on the docket there was rich man lifts up poor poor classless woman mm-hmm. uh, you know my fair lady yep um and there's a lot of comedy in there and then the, like the class clashes which is you know fumbling and embarrassment and trips to the department store and i'm thinking you know um, pretty woman <laughs> yeah so forth right uh-huh. um and those are really really interesting because i think they really encapsulate something that was going on at the time um, which was obviously the depression, right? I saw, so I read one of the, one of the articles I read was in Glamour, which is actually pretty good. It was very short, but it wasn't, it wasn't a bad article. Not that I expect it to be bad. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You um, never know at this point. I never know, especially when it's a topic like this, because 99.99999% of the things that I encountered when I was attempting to do this research was just fucking listicles. All listicles. Everything's a listicle. Of course, Dad. Pages and pages and pages and pages of listicles. And I literally, it was like pulling teeth trying to find any sort of journalism about this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if you guys have like scholarly shit about this, hit me up because I'd love to read it. But um, this this one that I was reading basically was like um, people responded to this at the time because it gave them hope about this idea of class mobility. Yeah. When everyone was fucking in the pits, right? Um, literally fucking in the pits, Benny. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad joke. That was quite grim. Um, but, like, you know, th- this thing was very hopeful, and it was solidly about this talking point at the time, which was that everyone was poor and miserable, and wouldn't it be nice if either you could take down that prissy rich girl who walks by the Hoovervilles all the time. Or you and the beautiful mm-hmm. lady rise the ranks mm-hmm. together, or maybe you're the lady fantasizing. Be rescued. Be rescued by yeah. a rich man, which, mm-hmm. same. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, I also fantasize about that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, the, the seeds of it make sense, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, during code era stuff like oh, where we start to like we we start to have like some sort of of some of these women's fantasies are also being played out throughout this time and then yeah. like code era happens all of that gets locked down and i really think that that kind of fucked up our transgressive ability to see these rom-coms be interesting and weird yeah um like i think post this like after this this class stuff happens Mm -hmm. like we start to see a lot more films with women i i remember this one i watched back in film school ages ago um where essentially it's like this really weird trio rom-com like it's like these two men are dating this woman at the same time and it's like kind of weirdly dealing with non-monogamy um and this is pre-code. And so that shit gets locked down. Yeah. Like, immediately, yeah. like, we go into code era. All of that shit gets locked down. People are still trying to be transgressive. But I think that that, like, brings us back years yeah, as yeah. far as, like, morality bullshit. So once mm-hmm. we leave code era, we just kind of jump back to the stuff that we were doing it previous. Has, it resets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, the, the following era is what I had, which was um, screwball comedies. Yeah. Um, which is from, you know, the thirties to about the fifties, mm. which was a screwball comedy. I didn't realize that it's, um, I guess I never understood what the, where the term screwball comes from, but it comes from baseball and it just means a pitch that can go in any direction. It's a wily, um, you know, it's like, a, it's like a trick throw. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were much more absurd, but they were also a lot less um coherent in what they were trying to like what they were playing on right? yeah what they were trying to invoke it was a lot of like fast talking and and unexpected twists and stuff but mm-hmm. no real substance and you can argue that the other stuff was the same like there wasn't a whole lot of substance to this idea of you know punching up at this like at a rich lady but it, it was a tight little plot but it was a tight little plot and you you knew what they were trying to invoke yeah whereas we get just kind of more blanket like this is funny isn't it yeah <laughs> like are you entertained <laughs> like in, in in this era and like the through line of the romances too was yeah. very loose very like loose. i i think it's usually like the romance comes like at the end mm-hmm. chemistry really isn't built it's just kind of like a, ah yeah and things got more um dramatic too i think mm-hmm. in this era um 
And then, of course, we get to the 1950s and 60s, which was a weird time of romanticizing the past. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm thinking of, you know, Gone with the Wind, and I'm thinking of... uh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The one with Julie Andrews where she's a former nun. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> sound of Music. Sound of Music. Thank you. I was thinking Sound of the Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this, this, a lot of, like, these things are funny. Not, not Gone with the Wind. That's not funny. But, like, these, like, lightly There's a comedic, charmed look. Yeah, charming. Yeah. Charming. And they're light, but also we're dealing, like, this is the past. Wasn't the past so nice? It's bleak, but yeah. still weirdly hopeful. Yeah. There's this, like, really rose-colored look at, like, all of these really dour, <laughs> fucked-up topics. Yeah. But below that is a really interesting theme, because even in, let's say, Gone with the Wind, mm-hmm. uh, which is a whole thing, but even in that, and in uh, Sound of Music, right, we have this underlying theme of um, what they, they're called sex comedies, and which is not as fun as it sounds. It literally is, which should be called a gender comedy. Mm-hmm. It is the conflict between the differences between men and women. Yeah. Um, and once you realize that, you look back at literally all of these movies from from the 40s to like the 70s, and you're like, oh that's my god, that's pretty all much of them. all of them. That's all of them. I'm thinking of like what. Uh, wasn't all all of Marilyn Monroe's movies? I was gonna bring up Marilyn. Yeah, there's that one where they're dre- there's these two dudes. They're dressed up as women. Yeah. Uh, which that one's not a rom com, but it kind of is because they end up like one of them. I think ends up with her if yeah. I remember correctly. But like that's half of the the Marilyn ones. It's like weird gender shit. It's a ton of Audrey Hepburn's movies. Yeah, weird gender shit. Um, that at the end culminates into a romance, even though like. Oh, every time I, 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 for I, it. I, I can't stop gesticulating so I gotta slap the mic um, but it culminates into a romance that like really a lot of the times wasn't built like Audrey Hepburn at least like usually there's a build up hers also were generally speaking more dramatic yes um, she did a few outright funny ones like My, My Fair Lady mm-hmm. um, you can also are you funny face although the Again, more dramatic. Funny Face is a lot more... Like, Funny Face is also very well-built as far as, like... That one's even more rom-drom. Exactly. Exactly. Hers... Generally, she was a much... She's considered, I think, much more of a dramatic actress. Yes. Um, Whereas Marilyn's very goofy from the get-go. Goofy and built on sex and, like... And, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sensual. It's fun. It mm. doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And the romance isn't really there it's kind of more sexually driven and at the end they end up together and how lovely yeah. blah 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 yeah the, the joke is that she's hot yeah and That's it. <laughs> she knows it yeah um which uh, is a sin which is a sin uh but it plays off of that women understanding their place i guess yeah. and then the men coming in in a in a similar vein of like you know yeah exactly exactly and it, it like the again it hammers home the differences between men and women of like, oh, look how silly this woman is. Now she's going to meet her match in a very serious man. Who's yeah. Gonna, you know, like, no, he's not throwing her over his knee and spanking her anymore. But he is reining her in. He's collaring yeah. her down. Yeah. She can't be so sexy and out there yeah. and flaunting it. Yeah. Like, so it's a fucking weird era. Yeah. Um, a lot of movies are very pretty to look at and fun. And they got good dance numbers and they got good songs. But yeah, but boy howdy if you once you look past the veneer it's like oh that's fucking fucked sucks. up fucked up um 
And then we entered the 80s and the 90s, which was a fun period of uh, what I called working woman comedies, um, which, of course, I think everyone knows that we entered this era of like, what was the second wave feminism mm-hmm. um, of uh, women joining the workforce being like, just spurn traditional family life. I'm a professional woman. You know, Kathy Eck, right? Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a whole thing of this conflict of not doing what your mother did. Um, but also trying to have it all. There's that. that this, you gotta have it all, have and it, all. it is what a depressing thing to be a woman and unmarried. Yes, in your thirties. Uh, That's the, like a lot of these rom coms. It's the just tone like, of just like this woman is so successful. How cool is that? Except, is it? She's a failure in love, so that must mean she's a failure in life. How is she gonna have a baby if um she works all the time? Yeah. If she doesn't have a husband to spank her when she needs it. Yeah. Which, fair enough. Um, so, I wrote clear Career Clash meets Love, um, Modern Sexuality Problems, which we get to a point where this... Um, the archetypes become a much, much more varied because it used to be, like, um, man meets woman. They have their conflicts. They get married right that's that was it but we enter this era of like well what if they were friends first mm-hmm. you know what if they were con people what if yeah. they were like you know what if they were uh professional rivals what if they were going for the same promotion or like you know the relationships within get more nuanced um which also like you know we, we then graduate up to the modern era of like you know, college comedies, college romantic comedies, which are kind of gross usually. And yeah, a lot of them school. are terrible. High school and college ones are like so deep. A lot of them have a lot of deeply humiliating Ooh. bullshit in there, and it's just like painful. Mm-hmm. Like ten things I hate about you. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 like we're going back again to the the weird taming bullshit yeah. even though it's not a rich girl necessarily no. the, there's a subplot of it it's for a, sure it's a, but it's like it's a girl who thinks she's better than him though yeah 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 she's and, getting she's she's too rowdy she's yeah. too wild like and that's like some of that 90s classic right uh yeah. even the breakfast club like it has the the pretty girl getting brought down but it also has the grimy crazy girl getting rained yeah uh she cannot these women cannot exist as they are no they're wrong for it they're wrong they're wrong for existing as nuanced human beings with individual what you really need is a man to mount you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah if if, if his dick is in you the whole time you don't have to worry about anything else you'll be calm you'll be calm you'll be calm yeah everything's fine and totally normal and that's everything's great um <laughs> god i fucking hate that oh. yeah it's the fucking it, bridget jones's diary like yeah. i loved it but it's like also I, I can enjoy the films while also being like yeah this is mostly just about the fact that like she she needs a man's well yeah and it's also like there are themes of um you know that really ancient shitty uh, preoccup- male preoccupation with a woman's hysteria. Yeah, she's too. She's too much. She'll she's... be. She'll settle down if she gets a man. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, fucking her womb is bouncing around all over the place. You'll need to lock that 
that shit down with some seed. Yeah. If you lock it in. Yeah, if you put a dick in there, everything will be fine. fine. It's it fine. It won't go anywhere. <laughs> She'll come the fuck down. <laughs> fuck. That's so grim. Um, Which even that one has a better arc than yeah. usual. But yeah. Like, I mean, well, we're entering that era of, yeah. like, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be about, like, the lesson at the end. Yeah. What if it's just like these people are happy and she's still a fucking weirdo and yeah. he's still a fucking weirdo and that's she's okay. running through the streets in her chunnies and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> get it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I love that for you. I mean, like, maybe make some better girlfriends. Yeah. Support you in the ways that you need. Make but... make such better friends yeah. overall. Overall, that is the advice I'd give all of these uh, rom com heroines: make good girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, and you'll find that your need for a man rapidly plummets. Yeah. <laughs> we'll hold your womb for you, baby. I will, I will personally hold your womb in place. This is a, a special offer for Kingdom of Thirst listeners. You need a strong I, female hand to hold your womb. I will hold your womb. I will personally come to your home. I will hold your womb. I'll hold your womb for you, babies. Yeah, we'll, me and Abigail, we'll split, if oh, we'll split it up. we're all each other's wounds, we'll create a human chain, and I think we'll all be okay. We will stop being hysterical. Yeah. We will have it all. Yeah, we can have it all. We can have it all, as long as we're all holding, all holding all wounds. wounds. Yeah. 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 Well, or just take it all out. <laughs> or just take it fucking all out. That's how I do it. I wish that was an option. <sighs> I think about it all the time. Uh, yeah, I'm just Speaking of uh, ripping out wombs, yeah, okay, cool, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, Dear modern absurdism, there's no real uh, title as far as I could find for this era we're in now of of romance, um, romantic comedies. Um, I'm sure there will be in 20 years, but at the moment we don't really have one. But I was thinking about how the movement has gone we're, we're no longer in that like it's got to be a working girl there's got to be a lesson okay mm-hmm. we had that interesting kind of sub era of she's a fucking hot mess yeah and then we had manic pixie dream girl all of the men are pretty unremarkable in these that's why the eras aren't named after them they kind of have more or less been the same it's interesting because i think that at the seat of these like rom-coms are made for women mm-hmm. um i i I don't think that the only people who can enjoy them are women, but, like, objectively, like, when these are marketed, when yeah. these are, are yeah. created in a boardroom, when they're written, when they're sold, whatever, they're yeah. they're cultivated and, and gently packaged they're for, a a woman. for a woman. They're grown in a greenhouse. Yeah, they're grown in a greenhouse. The seed and the film pops up the from the... The womb is planted. The womb is planted. But the point is, like, yeah. these are made for women. Um God, I kind of lost the the thread yes. there. Uh, well, so, because the, the the women are the women are the main characters. Yeah, of the time. I find it really interesting that these men are not uh, built out more when usually the woman is supposed to be the placeholder for the woman watching. I would say the alternative here is that when they are when the the male gaze is the one that they are centering on, mm-hmm. right? Um, we get a John Hughes movie. Yeah, which is. Which is a different animal. It is yeah. still a rom com, but it is much more. Uh, I like the kindness towards women is. It's aggressive. Is so little and, and like <laughs> they're thin. So to to make 
a film for a woman, you have to actually create a character that is human, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is just interesting because like that usually isn't given to the male characters in these. Yeah, so we don't get the eras named after them. We yeah. don't get these big blocks of time where you know uh, we can say like, oh yes, this was the 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 businessman era. Like, no, they're all fucking totally interchangeable for the yeah. most part. Whereas the women are not. They we have these trends. You know, it was working girl, then it was you know hot mess, then it was manic pixie, and we're at a time now where we. I I almost thought of naming this era as aggressively average. Um, yeah, because that's generally like people. On, we're in a really weird film time where people are not getting money for films in the way that they should. Just today, I saw the news that a uh, Scarlett Johansson, I believe, rom com has been billed with a bunch of like Michael Fassbender or some shit, like a bunch of people. Do you want to know the budget? Hmm. $130 million for a rom-com. So no one knows what the fuck is happening right now. No one knows. They're throwing Skeddy at the wall. They've realized that people don't want just huge, ridiculous blockbusters that don't mean anything. People yeah. want a bunch of varied movies, you know, variety with a variety of budgets. Well, yeah, we 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 killed the the mid budget movie, and then everyone was like, "What the fuck happened to the to mid budget watch. movie?" I don't, I don't have anything to watch. Yeah. There's there's like half as many films out, and all of them are like the same. And then there's one weird, depressing film every season. Yeah. Um okay that's not entertainment yeah <laughs> we we had a large variety in the early 2000s we've had a large variety for the longest time but but honestly a lot of these like marvel films kind of just murdered the mid-budget because yeah. everyone just started pumping money into oh, oh money makes good movie Mo yeah money makes good movie um which is just how an industry works i guess that's a sort of natural thing but um like they they overcorrect to the point where it's like oh P oh you want rom coms rom coms are coming back oh you want rom coms well there's 130 million dollars in a rom com with Scarlett Johansson a rom com doesn't I cannot imagine what they would be spending that much money on it's what are they doing visual effects uh, probably the they're they're fucking putting them in a green screen room uh, and they're building New York around them because yeah. that's where every rom com takes place. I just like, yeah, the rom coms existed perfectly within that mid range budget. Yeah. Right. There were some big ones. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, like, especially in recent times, like, Crazy Rich Asians, Asians always pops up as like a modern rom com in these yeah. lists. And I find that really interesting because I find that debatable. Right. But like, yeah. that one was a spectacle. Uh, it was a, fu a wonderful film, yeah. but like, a spectacle so one of my favorites mm -hmm. down with love which is set in the 60s um or 50s i don't quite remember one of those uh it's mm -hmm. but it's aggressively stylized like yeah pink and and like ridiculous and visual effects and like there's a whole dance number and in the middle for no reason and like it's at new york and in that time and all this stuff like it objectively had a lot going on visually that probably cost a lot of money 35 million so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They did something pretty fucking cool, visually speaking. Which, like, with yeah. With some big stars, Renee Zellweger and uh, Jude Law. Mm-hmm. Or Jude Law? Uh, was it Jude, Jude Law? Law? Hold on. Hold <laughs> but, on. like, the, the point is, like, yeah, money has changed. Like, yeah, the, money the, has changed. Fine. But, like, 
still the, that was still like a middling right yeah. like and we we Ewan McGregor sorry Ewan McGregor the same all of those men are yeah Hugh Grant he plays a guy named Catcher Block I hate that <laughs> it's great you need Bad to fucking watch I, it's on the list yeah. man there's a lot it's so good how fun that is i did like the poster posters are very fun it's very fun and there's funky. some fun like visual effects in there for sure. um but yeah i great I, hats also i feel like with with rom-com films one of the biggest tragedies is that more of them don't have a fun little visual style it should be like yeah. fun and fluky you my favorite rom-com and this should be fucking obvious to everybody it's but i'm a cheerleader um natasha leon big lesbian movie just super fun perfect perfect great chemistry um just like a super visually fun film super low budget just like not super low budget but a low budget film Mm -hmm. pink heavy excessive a little bit floofy yeah um, that's all you need. I want that. Give me a distinct visual language. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Just give me something distinct. I want a movie to look distinct. Yeah. Just like I want art to look distinct. Especially with rom-coms, like it should be filled with color. Yeah. I want to see. It's uh, like something weird. Just something weird with it. I don't know. Um, and, and rom-coms right now, I, I like honestly keep forgetting that they even exist anymore. Like I, I, I think, uh, what's one of the last ones that got really popular, uh, was with, um, Shoot, I can't remember. The ones that came up for the for this what people are calling the renaissance of rom com films, mm. uh, which ignores the fact that books have been going gangbusters for years now, mm. um, uh, were Fire Island, um, <laughs> and uh, the the one with uh, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum about the romance writer. Um, God, and then there was Dirt Two that just came out with J Lo. Was back as a she's still queen. she's still going, huh? She, well, she just came back. She hasn't done it in fifteen years. But uh, she, she came back. Yeah. I don't know where she did. She did one with Owen fucking Wilson, where she plays a pop star. Who oh was my god! Yes, I teacher. forgot about that yeah, one called "Marry Me." And then she has another one with uh, who's his face? Um, uh, he Timothy Oliphant. Thank you, Abigail. Your brain is amazing. Oh, I love Timothy. Oliphant. I know he's very sexy. Um, so uh, they're like, I I don't even know the plot. They're like uh, destination wedding, and mm-hmm. they're taken hostage by like terrorists and stuff. And they have to like, you know, shenanigans, fight their way out or whatever the fuck. Um, so it's happening. Um, but. It, it's it's interesting that the demographics are their older actresses, mm-hmm. older in industry terms. Um, there are actresses who were previously known for their rom coms, during uh, Julia Roberts, uh, Sandra Bullock, J Lo, J Lo. I'm just waiting for Meg Ryan. Um, Bring her back, Renee Zellweger. Although I don't know about Renee Zellweger. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts is she's doing something now too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So sexy. We're entering uh, an era of I was, shall we say overcorrection is my guess. Uh, and, and it's still like I I still don't hear that much about these films. No, like, it's it's also relatively new. Like, yeah, only within the past year of these movies started coming. Yeah, because like when we were getting romances, there was a bit of comedy because that's like necessary now. Yeah. Um, but like. A, a, a bit of 
quite a bit of drama. Quite like a bit the, of drama. Like the Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Like I think there was one with Ali Wong or something like that. Uh, that was like super popular. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, or they will bill it as like a rom com. It turns out at the end, like one of them dies with cancer. And so, yeah, oh, it sucks. Um. Okay, so here is where we can segue into my zone, mm-hmm. which is books. Now, I've said on the podcast before, but if you're new here, um. Rom-coms really took off in a major way in the romance novel space. COVID. <laughs> COVID, 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 COVID. Now they've always been around. Yeah. It's not to say they haven't been. But typically, they were also not necessarily referred to as rom-coms. Mm-hmm. That title just kind of came out of nowhere to the point where people were literally on Twitter. I was watching in real time as these romance authors were debating, do we use a hyphen? Like, what do we do? How are we? Have we decided how we're formatting this? Um, Hilarious. Yeah. Okay. You could see it in real time, which I think is really cool. Um, but all of these people, like, I think it probably started just before, because, you know, the grimness, I would say, probably what happened is it started really in 2016. Mm-hmm. Shit really fucking started hitting the fan, as we all know. Yep. And stuff got increasingly grim. Everyone thought, like, hey, maybe this won't be as bad as we think it might be. Didn't. It got just worse. It just got Every real bad. It got worse. And so people started looking for lighter fiction, particularly in the romance space. People started looking for, you know, a feeling of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID hits. And all of a sudden, that's fucking all these adults want to read. They're home. They don't have anything to fucking do. They can't see their friends. They can't date. They don't want to read about drama. They don't want to read about sadness. They don't even necessarily want to read about fun shit like I don't know, some fucking a ghost. They want to read some funny books about people falling in love. Yeah. And there's this huge explosion to the point where, you know, at this point, I was attempting to get um, age representation for my stuff. Right. And most of my friends were at the same time, too. And everything we encountered was basically these agents who were like, I'm not accepting new clients, (laughs) except for if you have a wrong home. Neato with your book and all, but do you have a rom-com? Do you have a rom-com? Do you know how to write comedy? Doesn't matter. Do you have a rom-com? That's all I want to read. And it's still kind of like that. They, It's always important to to remember that books move very slowly, particularly if you're not used to it. The the traditional publishing space moves so slow. It's two to three, it's even four years behind what's actually going on. So these... Agents still to this day are like, you look at their manuscript wish list, which is typically what you look at when you're like, do I want to submit to this agent? Um, what are they looking for? They'll list the stuff that they're into or they're mm-hmm. looking for, what they're trying to fill their list with. And that's typically not only what they enjoy, but what they think is being bought by publishers. Right. Right. And they are still like rom-com, rom-com, rom-com. Now it is less than it was for sure. Like other things are kind of moving up the list. But it's still heavily geared towards that um, to the point where, okay, so if they weren't accepting pretty much anything other than rom-coms, because that's all publishers were buying. And frankly, that's all the agents wanted to read. Their worlds were spiraling out of control and set on fire, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, I understand where this was coming from. Not only is it professionally what they think is going to sell in this insane landscape that is completely destroyed by COVID, publishing was wrecked for a long time. It's still wrecked, but, like, it was fully at a standstill. So not only do they think that that's what's going to sell, but also they're miserable fucks, too, at the moment. Right. So that's what they want to read. I get it. Um Unfortunately, the, the, the spit-off effect of that has been several things. Firstly, that these romance authors went, hey, I really like to write 
I don't know. I don't know. Motorcycle club romances, shall we say. I really like to write that. But no one's buying those. No agents are looking for those. I look at manuscript wish list. I look at my motorcycle club romances. Nada comes up. Nothing. Zip. You know what I'm going to do. You know what I'm going to fucking do. I'm going to write myself a fucking rom-com. Um, I don't know how to do that shit, but I'm going to do it. So what we get is this huge tidal wave of, of just rom-com. Of rom-com. Now, yeah, hear what you're asking. Okay, well, if these people don't know how to write rom-coms are submitting these books, like, are they just bad books? No, 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 no. They're not. What they are are generally, in many, 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 many cases, mislabeled. Yeah. They're just mislabeled. And that's fine, except that specifically in the romance space, what you label a book is so fucking vital because... I don't know any other genre where it's like this besides maybe mystery but even then I don't think the fans are quite as intense about like what things are labeled as because I don't think it's as you know super clear Mm -hmm. um if you mislabel something you violate the covenant between you and the reader about what they expect because they're going into this with a level of trust yeah um especially with like a a rom-com right you want to feel safe and cozy and and held yeah yeah. and you're happily ever after and and i'm not saying that all like a lot of these books ended with somebody dying Mm -hmm. i would say most of them probably didn't although some you know, almost certainly did, but most of them probably didn't. What these books aren't, though, is necessarily funny. A lot of them are deal with very heavy things. A lot of them, you know, and I'm not saying rom-coms can't, but objectively speaking... There has to be a lightness. There has to be at least some comedy yeah. if calm is in the name. Yeah. And they're not there. So what we've gotten is a lot of people, like, really kind of upset like i don't know what these books are anymore if i pick up a rom-com is there going to be sex in it is there going to be i don't know i can't tell at a glance what this book is on top of that we have the spiral effect of cartoon covers as people say which is these really hyper stylized usually pastel e bright colors flat graphics um covers that are very palatable to say I don't know, an algorithm on a certain website that gets right. mad when things are too sexy. Um, many websites now. Uh, and it's just vague enough that you'll never really fully grasp what's in there. Some of the characters on the cover don't even have faces. Some of them are just blobs. Um, and you know what? I'm Maybe someday we'll finally do that episode fully on romance novel covers, and it's going to be a time for me, because I have a lot of opinions, and I also have a lot of, like, I don't know, man, you're just doing your best out here. No. You know? I get it. Um, I, for one, am excited for you to make yourself an exile in the romance community by just dunking just on... Just dunking on everybody who's just trying their best, yeah. Just trying their best. I, just... like, uh, I have so much sympathy, like, on both sides, because, like, I get why readers are upset. I get why authors felt they had to do this. I get that they are also trying their best, and mm-hmm. they love these books. Yeah. And it's not their fault that the industry... Maybe they submitted this book to an agent, and they said, like, yeah, here's this thing, and they went, oh, we're going to label it as a rom-com. That can also happen. Um, that Like, there's a lot of nuance here. Mainly, what I kind of came to as I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about my, you know, where I'm posted up in my fucking fire lookout tower here in the forest of uh, romance land. Um, I was thinking about how 
rom-coms specifically are like a core sample of times of great upheaval. Yeah. Um, and all all fiction is, right? But specifically, I think rom-coms are, are such an interesting little slice. Because think about what I said earlier, which is that um, Shakespeare was writing rom-coms, the most, some of the most famous rom-coms ever in the history of the world. That just keep getting repurposed and resold, yeah. He wrote them during the Renaissance, yep. a time of huge social change. And then we go to, to you know, um, I mean, you can even argue that Pamela is a, is also a rom-com. Mm-hmm. That was also a time of great change during the uh, Enlightenment. And then we have, um, you know, the, the silent films in the 1910s and 20s, mm-hmm. World War One, And then we have 1930s, Depression. War, yeah. And then we have 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, Just like more it war. It's every More, like, terrible upheavals, more tragedy. More you know tragedy. what's there? What? Rom-com. You know what's there? Rom-com. <laughs> you want a rom-com. Things are going so terribly. There's huge social upheaval. You don't know what's going on. You want something light. You want yeah. something fun. You want... You want hope, which is what a rom-com promises. Yeah. Um, you want something to take away the pain for a little while. Uh, a lovely distraction that will also really hold you in yeah. your belief system. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't challenge you. Yeah. Um, and and I, I just think that is so interesting. And I, and I think that rom-coms hold a very, very valuable place. And we're going to look back on this era as something all its own and in in my zone it's definitely going to be its own thing because because now contemporary romance as a genre almost doesn't exist anymore everything is labeled as rom-com mm-hmm. so it has gotten extremely muddy as what things are it's point where people are, are like literally confused about what they're buying and now as we are as as the wave is is ebbing and flowing back into the ocean um People want angst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Colleen Hoover, Joey say, like people want angst. People want people want now they're they're going darker again and now we're in this ebb again. And it, it's just fascinating. But because public So you're telling me up, that Colleen Hoover isn't rom coms. Uh, not to my knowledge, but, I mean, they're definitely, like, I've definitely read romance. some, some passages, certainly. I don't know that they were intended to be those passages that you read. All right. Sorry, I don't want to be a hater on your podcast. Uh, uh I don't know, Colleen. I, I don't know, Colleen. That's what uh, I'm going to say. I don't know, you're, Colleen. You're fine, Colleen. I just think you're a little bit funny. It's, it's a little, maybe unintentionally. Um... um or maybe intentionally. Maybe oh, intentionally. Maybe I hope that you yeah. are having fun is all that I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know. It's hard because with films, it's it's a little different, right? Like, yeah. it, it's definitely what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you want a little bit of a reprieve. But, like, I'm not sure I saw as much rom-coms happening on my side of the pandemic. Uh, but also, how much of that is purely functional? Can you make a can movie you make a movie in the pandemic, right? And, and like, because I would argue, mm-hmm. I would argue here that you couldn't make movies. But you know what got really fucking popular? Rewatching all the rom coms from the nineties. Yeah, probably. Yeah, all, all the rewatches kids on TikTok. The reason we're dealing with the fashion we're dealing with right now is because oh, of that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, Clueless, yeah. yeah. It, it's technically considered a rom-com, and that That's really a had a... brother romance, isn't it? Fucked up. <laughs> fucked up, truly. It's, it's uh, fine, because he's an ex-stepbrother. It's, even though he's it's definitely, fine. Definitely not ex-family, because he's definitely, like, he's her father's son. He's just, like, hanging out and living there. Yeah. Uh... Mm. And we all have to contend with that because unfortunately, I do love that movie. Uh, Faith movie. loves that movie. It's like you just kind of just have to be like, yeah, that's um her fits, her closet. I want marvelous. Yeah, I'm obsessed with that concept of that app. Yeah, because that would really help me. My God, that's very Disney Channel. Ugh. Yeah. You know what I really want to do? I want to do an episode one day on all my favorite um romantic uh, Disney Channel films, Disney Channel originals. I'm trying to think of some right now. Uh, Pixel Perfect being the one oh, that broke, yeah. broke me in half, snapped me over its knee. I destroyed me. Is which one is that one? Is That's that the one, one where, where she Phil Diffie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I creates re... a, a hologram woman pop star. It's the uh, yeah. It's it's another play on that Greek myth. Uh, what's that one? Uh, oh. Fucking can't remember the names of that one. It's not Pygmalion, is it? I've always it's, feel like that's. Is Pygmalion. it Pygmalion? I think uh-huh. it might be. Pyg- I don't know. Lori falls in love with a sculpture. Yeah, we're though. That's a million times over. Yeah. We we never escaped that one. But yeah, Pixel Perfect. Um, fucking wow. Yeah. <sighs> movies. Yeah, movies, man. Movies, and I mean, we're all we're all in the same zone. Like we do different things. We're all telling the same kind of stories. We're all grappling with the same social context. Um, and, you know, and the, the main difference being, you know, A, that movies are much more collaborative, but also, you, you know, the, the visual media offers like a, a different set of tools. Um, but, but yeah, it's a, it's a very, fuck, man. It's a weird thing. Rom-coms are a weird thing. And I, and I, you know, I have the utmost respect for people who write them. Um, you know, I have a deep fascination with them as films. Yeah. Like I, I, I kind of went into the my rom com viewing for the month as like I try not to to get into it and be like I'm gonna fucking hate this movie because yeah. like that's not a way to start. Uh, yeah, especially as like a genre consumption thing. Like certainly I hate watch movies all the time, but like I don't know. I kind of want to enjoy. The thing that you're spending some of your life. I, I legitimately also wanted to enjoy uh, Ten Things I Hate About You because unfortunately there's a lot of fan fictions that they base yeah, that shit around. I, uh, I not that I've way. ever enjoyed any of those, but yeah. like uh, I'm fascinated by the the chokehold this movie has on people. Yeah. Um, but like when they get it, it is a really fun little ride to, yeah. to go on it unlocks something in you like i think you know the power of a rom-com really is something special yeah when it's done right it's hard to fucking do right it's, it's really so hard, hard it's so right. hard to get the chemistry and the comedy in there at the same time yeah um because like that's what i've been finding is the most difficult with these is just like a prioritization of chemistry yeah yeah um which you can't fucking quantify. You can't really. You can sort of test for. But that's it's trial and error. Why they keep using the same actors yeah. over and over again? That's why Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore are wow. such a, a powerful mix on on screen. The Wedding Singer was one of my favorites of the new ones. So good, yeah, uh, because it's just their chemistry is is magical. They have really good chemistry. Fifty First States is a fucked up movie, but they have great chemistry. Great chemistry, yeah. I mean, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks had fucking fantastic. They have chemistry. marvelous chemistry. Yeah. That's why they got paired up so much. Is it Sleepless in Seattle? Sleepless too? in Seattle, yeah, it was one of my mom's favorites. Uh, you've got mail. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much. Uh, it's on a houseboat. Yeah. 
That's just a vital memory to me as a child. On which one? Uh, I think it's Sleepless in Seattle. He lives in a houseboat with oh, his kid. I, I still haven't watched that one. And uh, his it's kid on calls the, list. the radio to like get it to tell the radio host that uh you know his his dad is single and looking to mingle. I'm looking to mingle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, these these combos like Hugh Grant tends to have a lot of chemistry with people. He's very good at being charming. Okay. Speaking of though, like I know this isn't Hugh Grant, but in my mind they're the same. Um. In the last ten minutes here. Mm-hmm. Kate and Leopold. Uh, I need to know. You, no I, one knows about this movie. This movie almost doesn't exist. It's it's so I found it like incredibly charming. I think it's like we've been scaling these and like it's up there definitely yeah. for me, Faith and Andrew, because it was just like legitimately charming, right? Yeah. Uh, so the concept for this movie, for anyone who doesn't know, is just that uh, this woman's ex husband or ex boyfriend, I think it's ex husband. Uh, is 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 messing around with time travel mm-hmm. and, and he goes back and he ends up grabbing this man who I think is like he 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 constructs important things like I think he he built like the, the Brooklyn he, Bridge he built he the, like Brooklyn the Brooklyn Bridge and apparently he was involved with elevators somehow I think because uh, I feel like that comes up in the the plot yeah um somehow i've not seen this movie since like 2003 but i remember it distinctly um but point being is is hugh jackman who is is leopold not as jacked as he normally is. not as jacked he's he's pretty um he he comes to the future with time travel man uh also time travel man ends up in the hospital so who ends up has to like taking care of leopold Mm -hmm. is kate yeah his ex-wife yeah um so she's like an ad lady she's she's a little bit of a hard ass but she's cool and sexy mm-hmm. um meg ryan by the way meg ryan uh super hot in this um and she she's always hot Her sorry like haircut, let me just like... be very clear that she's <laughs> a, yeah it's like straight out of a fucking magazine yeah. like i'm like i was looking me and faith were just like what the fuck you would mm. see this at great clips yeah um but she they they progressively fall in love also like throughout just as a warning if you watch it like he's also being a little bit like traditionalist man right it's like it's it's my duty as a man (laughs) to do this for you he's like an earl or something he's like he's a british i think he's a duke Duke, or something like that that. uh and and, reaches yeah and and like he steals a horse at one point. He steals a horse at one point to save her yeah. purse after it was stolen, and, and you know, they're like running a, through it's Central a time Park. Slip romance. It's, it's quite something. It's yeah, and it's it's just pure-hearted. It's cute. It's yeah. sweet. Like they end up together. She ends up. Go- the the fucked up <laughs> part is that she ends up going to the past. Yeah, uh, and it was just like me, Faith, and were like. I would. I would not do that. Uh, also, we were laughing about the fact that she comes with her her wee little dress, yeah. right, with her little spaghetti strap dress, and I'm just like, everyone is in there just thinking she's a big fat whore. Or like, it's not even like it's the weirdest dress because they clearly made an attempt to make it look like it's an homage to a Victorian era. Dress, yeah, but, but it's, it's like definitely unacceptable. It's made of like weird sateen. Yeah, it's 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 that '90s color purple, that like weird blue gray purple. Purple, yeah. gray. it's just like uh, her hair is in like a banana clip, essentially. <laughs> it's just so improper. It's, it's, it's dirty. It's, it's horrible. She appears. She does not just appear like at his house. She appears like at a, at a gala. gala. That's why I'm saying it's like everyone is watching this woman like roll up, yeah. and, and then they kiss in the middle of everything, yeah. and it's 
And everyone's like, who the fuck is this this whore here? This whore with her arms fully exposed and her little spaghetti strips. We can see her whole business. Yeah. Um, but I can I, see her armpits and now I'm turned on. What yeah. do you want to do about this? Her little slip. I can see it all. Her womb is everywhere. Her womb is everywhere. But no, I thought it was really sweet. Like, even as I was like yeah. laughing at the end, I thought it was like a really cute way to end it too. Yeah. I love that she had to jump off the fucking bridge. Also, that was fucked up. That was fucked up. Like, it was fucked up. Also, dealing with the repercussions of that, like, two people were there and a cop rolls up and they're... They think she committed suicide. They're also actively encouraging her to jump. (laughs) Or, like, encouraging her to walk. So it's just like... You guys are culpable. You guys are... It's like her brother and her ex are, like, just standing there like... Go, you go, yeah, go. There go. are like people, there are bystanders who are like, what the fuck? That woman is dead now. Yeah. I love it. She just disappears <laughs> and she just fucking. Yeah, I guess they just have to deal with that. No. Yeah. Anyway, um, I do love that film. I haven't watched it in a very long time, but it is, it is in my heart. It lives here. Yeah, it's, it's very fun. Like, yeah. legitimately, like, oh, it was very sweet. Uh, a lot of these, especially time travel stuff, is, like, inherently fucked up, right? Yeah. Because um, it's just, like, uh, the, the, the time travel person is inherently vulnerable. But, like, yeah. Leopold wasn't. Leopold is just, like, I don't know how to use technology. Yeah, he's very gallant and all of that. Normally, like, the woman is, is left, it's usually the woman time traveling, right? Or, like... Oh, it depends. It's, it depends, actually. And then, like, when there is a man time traveling, it's usually, like... It's usually like a knight or something. Yeah. Or or it's a modern man time traveling. One of these days I want to watch that one with Vanessa Hudgens with the the knight. It's like a Christmas movie with like uh, the knight for Christmas. Oh god. Yeah. A lot of those yeah, a lot of those Vanessa Hudgens rom coms all off to Vanessa Hudgens are like the worst things I've ever seen. (laughs) It's the one with the twins or whatever. Yeah, there's several sequels now where they just progressively more twins. Yeah, I think I made Faith watch one or two with me and it was like awful legitimately. Like Wow, I can't really hate Vanessa Hudgens. That's not very girl boss of you. I love Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, High School Musical was important to me when my friends made it important to me. I missed that train entirely. I also missed it, but like a lot of people I cared about in high school. You had a lot of theater friends. No, I didn't have a lot of theater friends. I had a lot of, because Paige was the only theater one. I had a lot of Disney kid friends. Oh, that's worse. Uh, Because, or actually I shouldn't say Lindsay and Paige were two very big Disney kids, and that mm-hmm. infected everybody. Yeah, fair enough. It is a disease. Um, well, Paige couldn't watch SpongeBob, so she had to watch something. Yeah, yeah. Big rips to to Paige's. Big rips because. Yeah, I know. I know. Bad. I know. It's, it's bad. bad. It's bad. It's it's explains a lot about her now. Yeah, frankly, embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> painful for for all of us really it truly she doesn't get half the jokes this <laughs> is this is the the page here's bullying you know it's funny because like i also uh every time i make a joke now to somebody who i know watch spongebob and we'll get mm-hmm. the reference which is the most of the popular most people page yes. is an outlier um i i will then follow it up with hey you know that page does <laughs> watch spongebob so i can't make that joke with her so that's like part of the joke now it's just that yeah. page can't fucking yeah. track on these goddamn yeah. spongebob jokes that's really sad yeah. I, I think about it very rarely but yeah it's very sad every time i every time i think of a spongebob joke i think of page i i think i just inherently believe that everyone has watched spongebob and yeah. so like my brain will kind of like like, there's no way. SpongeBob is the ultimate rom com. <laughs> SpongeBob is. <laughs> Who is he romancing? Patrick. Uh, aggressively, if we're talking, if we want to get into the toxic shit, he's definitely trying to 
romance Squidward and Squidward's I was gonna like, say Squidward more so. I feel like it's like a, to get a him long into a triad with yeah. With him and Bowser. Yeah. I have some art I can show you. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. It really fucked me up for a while when they were trying to pair Sandy and SpongeBob together. I was like, that's not allowed. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. That's I, not allowed. Sandy, I don't think you're allowed to do that. It's, that feels like a crime. Yeah. Yeah. I always I, I always took SpongeBob to be aggressively asexual. I also believe that SpongeBob is aggressively asexual. He's like not allowed to no. have those kinds asexual of feelings. He's romantic. Yeah. He just um, has no sexual skills. Um, Speaking of having no social skills, do you have anything you want to plug here? Uh, obviously, at the end of this, I want anybody who hasn't watched, but I'm a cheerleader to watch that because that is the most important rom-com ever made uh, because it's gay. And also it has Natasha Leon looking real cute in it. Um, but it's very fun. Um, send me your only in abigail's discord because mm-hmm. i don't want you to contact me directly send me your rom-com suggestions i want it to have good chemistry i want it to be fun um don't i'm gonna have to convey that because you're never in there no i'll i'll ch- i check it periodically like okay. rarely rarely okay. like i check in make sure everyone's being nice and then i okay. fuck off um other than that uh i don't know Media has been weird for me lately. I watch a lot of stuff, but then I also kind of don't watch a lot of stuff. It's been been bizarre. Uh, support some kooky, weird gay films. Um, I think at some point I was at Sundance this year, uh, and there Ooh, she was at Sundance. I was at Sundance. Uh, I worked on something that was out there, and it was great. So Ooh, if she you... worked at something that went to Sundance. So if you get a chance to see some of our great local Bay films that were in Sundance, please watch them. That's Earth Mama, Fairyland, and the one I worked on, Fremont, um, which is the best one. Um... Ooh, she worked on <laughs> Fremont that went to Sundance. But what I really wanted to get at here is i think that a couple of these really cool interesting uh films got out to distribution one of my favorites i believe got distribution called kokomo city you should definitely watch that one uh super interesting film about uh specifically trans black uh sex workers uh just really interesting um there's another one i believe that that also a similar topic but like my favorite was Kokomo City. Go check it out if you can. Uh, I don't know if it's been distributed quite yet, but when it is, watch it. Yeah. Hey, man. Do it. Watch some good films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it's my time. Yeah. My brain is fucking fried. I realize I've only been getting an average of four and a half hours of sleep for the past four weeks. That's fucked up, dude. Explains a lot about my mental state. Yeah, I'm just fried because of the Muay Thai. Yeah. Got, you know, oh, because getting... oh, she's doing Muay Thai. I'm getting punched. <laughs> it feels great. Yeah. Uh, I well, I had a lot of a lot of of my stuff happened at once, uh, which is how it always goes. Yeah. Um, so I've had a just rid- a surge of ridiculous amount of art I had to do wrapping up book stuff, book coming out, mm-hmm. and then I had book boxes and all the stuff. So it was a lot, but it's kind of winding down now. So I'm calming down a little bit. Um, but I have a book coming out. March 28th, Courtship Conquest. Wow, a book coming Thank you. Thank you. That is the appropriate response. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a lot. It's a whole thing. It's a mm-hmm. whole thing. If you like uh, combative romance. <laughs> they're not, I, you know, I don't think they're that combative, but like they got issues. They got issues. But hey, she's purple. 
He's a she's fucking power shifter. He's she's hot as hell. She's hot. <laughs> I showed me the step back yesterday. It's very it's good. She's hot. She's much much hotter than Victor, and Victor's pretty hot. But she's, she's hot. She's a coyote, which is very fun. Yeah. She is a she's a six feet tall. Uh, she wears stilettos everywhere. Uh, she at one point she wears stilettos to play dodgeball with a bunch of kids. That's hot. Uh, she's incredibly hot, and I love her very much. And she um, almost kills a man on the page uh, with her bare hands. Hot. Yeah, she's great. She threatens to rip at his heart. Um, mm, love her mm, very much. Mm, I also tasty. love Victor, but Cammy clearly is the superior partner. Obviously. Um, and then I also have uh, a bunch of stuff happening on Patreon. We're going to be starting the new new book soon. Hiatus at the moment as I write that and a lot of stuff. But there's other stuff that's going to be happening. I'm doing a lot of sneak peeks, a lot of short fiction, a lot of art. I may even share a little bit of the ghost books on there. I haven't decided wow. yet. I know. So you want to hop in there. We're, we are literally three people away from hitting our patron goal of 75 people, which means that everybody gets a print. Um, wow. And you guys get to decide on what the print is and what the art is. Um, and I have a special printer that I'm going through to do that. So it's either going to be um, holographic foil wow. or black holographic. Ooh. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty cool. Um, yeah. So join, join that, you know. Pump money into Abigail so that I can live a charmed life. Please pump money into Abigail so that Abigail's womb is not sliding around everywhere. Yeah. I'm putting a lot of effort all the time into keeping Abigail's yeah, it's place. really, it's it's full like time really hard. It's really yeah. hard out here. It's um, really disruptive to my career. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and 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 so yeah, so buy my books. Uh, you know, listen to the podcast. And like I said, get in the Discord. That's fun. Yeah. Um, that's about it. You know, all links below. All you know, stuff. I'll I'll link the articles and stuff. Um, Sweet. Yeah, and that's about it. That's. That's a podcast. That's a, that's, hey, that's a podcast. That sure is a podcast. All right. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. Kingdom of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to 